Win big in 2023 with rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. It includes our preseason draft kit, 15 exclusive lineup tools, and the Team Sync platform. Get customized rankings for your specific league format. Sync your leagues with Team Sync and use our new live draft assistant. Then get customized advice for your scoring settings. Get a discount for any MLB Premium Pass using my code SAMSKI. Just visit rotoballer.com, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Catcher's Corner. I am your host, Eric Samolski, joined as always by my co-host, the man with the bad back, Sammy Ashley. Yo, you put my my business out in the street there, Samolski? It's just your I think I think people assume that as somebody in your late 30s, you probably have a bad back. Listen, I don't pride myself on it. It's not something that, you know, I want the world to know. I'm pretty ashamed of it, to be honest. Just blame it on your service. Just be like, yeah, it was it was tough. I just nah, my back never recovered. Nah, you know, I, I can't I can't fake the funk. Like I usually tell people like what it is really it makes me even more sad. Like I was doing physical activity and I hurt myself. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, life that's just life before we, before we get into my bad back you know congrats to you on the uh fs uh wa award for uh thank you. football that was great bro thank you yeah it was a back-to-back football series award for uh my piece on uh, my weekly piece on defenses uh everybody loves a defense ranking yo underrated um, so yeah. important uh didn't win um didn't win any of the baseball stuff, but that's okay. Baseball is a, a really crowded field, a lot of talented writers. And just a little teaser is that uh, I lost best baseball article um, to John Legaza, who's actually going to be our guest on the podcast next week. Um, so if you want even more baseball insight, um, FSWA award winner, John Legaza will be um, on our podcast next week, talking about some spring training news and notes and um, his uh, work that he's putting out there. Um, speaking of work that we're putting out there, you can follow me on Twitter at Samsky NYC. Uh, I'm deep into baseball work for uh, Rotoballer. I've been putting out a lot of articles looking at um, StatCast metrics from last year, the leaderboards, uh, underperformers, trying to get some value based off of um, where projections might be missing on some guys. Um so yeah, check that out. Um I feel like Samsky NYC. I feel like I feel like every time you win one of these awards for anything it, it just validates that i'm just riding your coattails on this podcast i mean you should probably ride the coattails of somebody who has more twitter followers than me um, twitter, followers. twitter isn't the real world no but it, it sadly when you're putting out fantasy content it, it is a, a there's a huge determiner of who's reading your work no i, I get it i was just trying to make you feel better oh uh, thank you i appreciate that um, so before we dive into our topic for today, did you hear that home run off the bat of Oswald Peraza today at Yankees spring training? And now was it sexy? Um, because not only was it just great to see him crush it, but like, I mean, man, there's nothing that says baseball, like the sound of just a wood bat jack to left field. I mean, that ball was hit so pure. I'm going to have to go um, on Twitter and look at it now. Yeah, I could listen to that sound Wait, over they, and over and over again. Did they start games, right? 
Uh, no, actually, uh, tomorrow. So the Yankees don't start till Saturday, but games will start tomorrow, Friday, um, or today, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, but yeah, they're doing a lot of like live batting practice and stuff like that. So uh, Peraza hit um, hit a bomb off somebody who I had never heard of before, a guy who's probably not going to make the Yankees. Um, so, you know, you got to keep that stuff in mind. Um, but, you know, it was it was beautiful. It's just um, good to know baseball's back. It's great to know baseball's back. And I know you talked about this on your appearance um, on Justin Mason's Friends with Fantasy Benefits podcast, but I think we both think he's their starting shortstop, right? Hell yeah. He's literally, he, he gives them the uh, upside bat that IKF didn't give them last year. Uh, and he's he's the most athletic guy that they have in that info right now. I mean, he's, yep. he, you know, he he's, and he's, he's in their plans. You know, they, they, these two, him and Volpe, they, you know, one A, one B for them. So, you know, uh, they brought him up last year. He's gotten the taste. You know, I definitely think he's, you know, the front runner for the starting role at short. Um, you know, depending on how he does, you know, we'll see what what how Volpe starts off in the minors. I mean, he he could force the Yankees' hand hand if they if if he gets off to a uh, you know hot start. Um, mm-hmm. but I I you know. Until that that happens, you know, I, I honestly think it's his job to lose, to be honest. You can get Peraza right now plus 1700 for AL Rookie of the Year. Man, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe. Who who else? Who's who's I'm just saying plus plus seventeen hundred. The odds that I mean you could place like a twenty dollar bet on that. Um and you know, I mean, your... it's a good ball. I mean, the ballpark helps for sure. Lineup is not bad. And if he um, if he sticks in there. Yeah, you know I mean, mean, I think even if if Volpe comes up and they move him off a of short, they'll find a place for him. I mean, it really kind of opens the 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 options for the Yankees at the midseason trade deadline, right? Like if Volpe comes up and Peraza's killing it, you know, and Gliber's doing okay, then I you know I can see them packaging Gliber for you know something that they need. Um, yeah, listen, it's a bit of a, a mix, right? Like Gunnar Henderson is the lead right now, and everybody thinks you know he's going to win it. Really top prospect Orioles. He's going to play all the time, but like if Peraza or Volpe also plays all the time, I think that that's what's holding them back right now is nobody thinks that they have the playing time upside that Gunnar Henderson does. Right. Um, you know, other guys ahead of them are like you know Josh Young with the the Rangers. Uh, Tristan mm-hmm. Casas with the Red Sox, like these are guys who people think are in full time jobs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't count out those Yankees. Wait, it's Ca- Casas has to be on that list, right? Yeah, he's uh, right now. He has the third best odds for AL Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's so we'll that's some steep steep comp. Yeah. But I get what you're saying about the plus seventeen hundred. Makes sense. Um, so we have two segments today. One, we're going to talk about my favorite thing at spring training which is when pitchers unveil that they're they're throwing a new pitch. It's just beautiful, Sammy. You know, it's like unwrapping. You love the, t- you love the like, tinkering? It's like unwrapping uh, a toy at Christmas. Um, and I will say, like, you can follow some, some of these driveline guys. Like when, you know, they say such and such pitcher went to driveline and worked on the slider. And then the driveline guys are actually online and they're – explaining how that pitcher worked on that pitch and why and showing video and it's like super interesting to me have you been seeing Um, some of these new uh i have yeah toys um there's a great thread on ronaldo lopez um his new slider uh and you know 
listen, we wish nothing but the best for Liam Hendricks. Um, you know, obviously his health is a, the primary concern right now. Uh, no idea when he's going to be back on the field for the White Sox, but you know, until he is back, is it Kendall Graveman closing? Is it Renato Lopez? You know, mm-hmm. I know our our boy Greg Jewett at Reliever Recon is a big Renato Lopez fan. And then you watch this whole thread on him learning a slider and the slider look or changing his slider and the slider looks really good. Um, and you're kind of like, okay, like, you know, there, there's some intrigue there. Um, gets you excited. Gonna, it gets you me a little excited. excited. Yeah. It gets me a little excited. I'm yeah, very excited. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're going to go through starting pitchers only today, though. So I'm going to tell you a starting pitcher who has already mentioned that they are um, throwing a new pitch. Mm. And I just want you to tell me how interested you are. We haven't seen these pitches yet, obviously. There's been no spring training games. So it's more how interested are you in the idea of this pitcher adding this particular pitch to their repertoire? Like, if it's good, would it drastically change the way you look at that pitcher? Is it a non-factor for you regardless? So Robbie Ray is apparently now introducing a splitter into the mix. How much does it matter to you um, that Robbie Ray is introducing a splitter, which he has never thrown before in the major <laughs> leagues? <laughs> you know, I love it when guys who have troubles, trouble throwing strikes or trying to throw a brand new pitch. Like, I'm like, dude, why don't you just like chill out, focus on the things that, you know, you, you know, the real important things. I, you know, I don't know what is, you know, I have to go look this up. See, you know, is he doing it because uh, he's trying to suppress the home run rate? Uh, I'm assuming that's why, right? Like, you know, there'd be no other reason to introduce that pitch unless you're trying to, you know, up your ground ball percentage and, and right. you know, suppress your home run fly ball percentage. Right. I mean, he went he went 15.5 home run to fly, fly ball rate last year. It is now the one, two, three, four, five, seventh season in a row. He's been at 15.5% home run to fly ball rate or higher. So that's yeah. that's like 1.5 home runs per nine or higher. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that that's a pretty good take as the splitter is meant to be a ground ball pitch for him. Um, his third pitch had been a sinker. Um, he threw the sinker 30% of the time in the second half of the season in 2022. Um, guess, just if I told you to guess the barrel rate on the sinker in the second half of the season last year, you would say? 15%. Well, you're you're not super high on Robbie Ray, but it's it's 11.9%. Which is not too far off. I wasn't that far off. Right. Which is terrible. Um, And the sinker also had a 6.6% swinging strike rate. So it didn't miss, it didn't miss any, any bats and it got slammed. So he's trying to find a different pitch besides that slider and fastball. Maybe a splitter might be a little easier of a pitch for him to kind of get a handle on, but dude, just stop throwing balls and and stop walking guys. Just throw strikes, my man. Focus on that. Focus on that. That and the the velo, right? We talked about that before, right? The velo gain in 2021 was huge for him. Um, So I think the the velo and the command is going to be the biggest thing for Robbie Ray. But I will say, like, look, he needs a third pitch. So him trying a new new third pitch is at least intriguing to me. 
I feel like, like half of these guys, though, they introduce this new pitch, and then, like, once they realize they can't throw it, they junk it, like, you know, a month or two into the season. Sure. You you have tons of guys like that. You also have the Lance McCullerses of the world, right, yeah. who two years ago started, you know, throwing that slider and then was throwing it all the damn time. Or you have Framber Valdez, who learned a cutter last year from Luis Garcia and threw the cutter all the time, and Framber Valdez was great last year. Yeah. So – you know, um, I think that there are there are some guys who definitely can hold a new pitch. Yep. Um, all right. Next one is a little bit of a um, a cheat because it's not necessarily a new pitch as well as, as much as it's a pitcher who spent all offseason reworking a pitch. My boy. Um, and it's Dylan Cease's changeup. My boy. How much does it matter to you that Dylan Cease has spent this time reworking his changeup? Important. I think yeah, it's why? huge. Because I saw him last year. I, I he's, he's one of my keepers. So I, I was really in tune with um, watching his starts last year just to see what he was doing. Uh, so he's got, you know, his fat, fastball speaks for itself. Uh, that slider or curve, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, devastating. Um, he really got a handle on his control last year. And I did see him drop in that uh, changeup from time to time, you know, just to keep guys honest. You know, he'd throw it at like 79 miles an hour, but he would just, you guys weren't expecting it. He just floated in there. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it really kind of, if he can throw it right. And if he's been reworking it the way, you know, you're saying, and it's a, a viable offering, I think it just makes him that much more difficult to hit. You know, you've got a guy that's pumping high 90s and then throwing you uh breaking balls off the plate with severe vertical tilt to it right like you know having something that is about 20 plus miles an hour difference off of the fastball i think it's just going to make it that much more difficult for folks to kind of get a handle on this guy um so i think if he can if he can pull it together and throw it with with consistency uh rather than just a you know kind of a novelty act uh in his starts um I think it, could be, it, it can really, uh, you know, get him to another level. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a huge, it could be a huge thing for him. Um, his, his knuckle curve was like, was super inconsistent for him last year. Uh, he was throwing that pitch, you know, 14% of the time as his third pitch. Um, and then that was basically it. I mean, he's, he, part of his success is that he, as you mentioned, went super hard on his slider. His slider is his best pitch. Yeah. And in the second half of last year, he threw it 50% of the time. He was just yep. like, I'm going to throw my best pitch yep. as much as possible, which was great. Kind of like what I would want from Robbie Ray. Like, dude, just focus on the one, like do the one thing that you can do great is what Dylan Seuss did. Yeah. I And I think that this changeup could be a nice addition if he's, if he is working on it, because I just think like, I don't trust the, the curve so much as a third pitch. Um, he has flashed enough with it that he's not a true two pitch pitcher and he throws it right. So even if it's not great, he's throwing the curve 14% of the time he's giving hitters that other look, but yeah. you know, it doesn't miss a lot of bats. Um, I think the changeup could be really interesting. I, and I got to tell you, like I've started, you know, I finished all my hitter projections and I've started going through my pitcher projections. I, I just think Dylan Cease is being wholly slept on right now. Yeah. Um, like, he is my ninth ranked starting pitcher. Um, if you look at his, the projections for him, 
the projections for him are basically wholly discounting everything that he did last year. They think it's an outlier year. The dude put up a 220 ERA and all the projections have him at like ATC 350, the bat 379, steamer 374. And it's like, yeah, I get it. He was, he had a four ERA in 2020. He had a 391 ERA in 2021, but, but this is a pitcher who made drastic changes in, in who he was. He started throwing the slider way more, right? He started throwing his best pitch way more. He also made real gains um, in his command and not in the sense of like, you know, his, his walks per nine went up a little bit, but he pounded the zone a little bit more. Um, yep. And so for me, that that's important. The swinging strike rate jumped. Um, you know, he got chases off the plate more. Like well, the, I mean, the, ga- he's, the he's games really from had... last year are yeah. are legitimate, and they're the command, being discredited. The command, yeah, the the control was really the make or break for him. Uh, the mm-hmm. command, the ability to kind of stay in the zone when need be, and and being able to locate outside of it with that slider when he needed to. Right. Um, you know, and you know his ability to locate the fastball up and plays off a slider. That's why I think this changeup is huge because it's such a different offering than, you know, him trying to throw his curveball, which had, which almost looked like his slider somewhat, right? Like it's almost the same kind of, almost the same kind of arm slot, same, you know, where it comes out. Right. But the changeup really is an off speed pitch that kind of gives you a very, a different offering. Now this is something different. So if, if he can maintain the command and the control gains they had last year, and implement that that change up in, a, in an effective way. Yeah, I think you know, depending on where he falls ADP wise, you might be looking. You know, he's definitely an ace. You know, so. yeah, I totally agree. And like the Babbitt last year was two sixty, um, and it was two thirty two in the short season in twenty twenty, and three oh nine last year. So even if you regress him a little bit and you give him like a two seventy Babbitt or a two eighty Babbitt, I don't think that pushes the ERA from two twenty up to three eighty. Right? Yeah. Like in my projections right now. I have Dylan Cease for a 328 ERA next year, right. which I feel like is pretty conservative, right? Like a 328 ERA for the talent that Cease had and the gains that he showed, that's still adding a full run what are they, or more what are they pro- onto what, what they, he had. What are they projecting him for uh, walk percentage, walks per nine? So most of these right now have him – um, at like a 3.7 walks per nine. So percentage wise, like it's like 9.8, 9.7, which is on par with, with 2021. Yeah. So it's not out of line. He's been in that, no. in, in that space. I, but, I don't know why. It, I don't know. Why but it. what's interesting is they have him improving his walk rate from 2022, but then all of these have his whip jumping from like 1.1 to 1.22, 1.21, which means if you think the walk rate's getting better, but you think the whip is getting worse, you think he's just going to give up a lot more hits. Right. Um, and, and I see the bad bit, the increased bad projections on him. So. Right. Um, and that's like, I, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about the, some of these projections have him for like 140. The guy's hits good. Allowed. Like the guy, like yeah, the, the guy's good. Like he's not yeah. somebody just give up like hits that he wasn't giving up last year. It's just a weird, right. you know, idea. Like I could see them saying like he's just gonna put like his walk percentage might get to a point where you know it, it's terrible. Like you know something like that where he's putting guys on himself. But if you're saying they're gonna earn hits, right? It's a little harder for me to take. Yeah. Um, the next one, Joe Ryan is apparently learning a split change. So Joe Ryan will be implementing a split 
change. Yeah. Uh, he also reworked his slider. Um, and the slider, the slider has apparently, um, you know, been drawing rave reviews so far. Um, but he, and he's, the split change is a driveline split change. So does it matter to you at all that Joe Ryan is now throwing a split change? I think it matters because his issue was always just an extreme fly ball tendency. So, you know, I can see him, you know, using that or implementing that to kind of get more of a ground ball tilt in the same way that we were talking about Robbie Ray. Uh, so I do, I do think it's important and, and he's a young kid. So, you know, he's somebody that's kind of reworking his, that's aware of, you know, some of the deficiencies in his repertoire and, you know, working to kind of implement some changes. I think it's good. I think a split change specifically for him is important for sure. Yeah. Listen, I think these moves make sense. Um, the slider also was not particularly good in the second half of the year. The slider got barreled at 15.4% in the second half of the year. So reworking the slider is nice. He th- it was he was already throwing a change. So, you know, now he's using this split change. Getting more dive um, to it. So, like, uh, yeah, going to get more dive. Has to be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely also like um, a, a move for lefties. Right, because he's got that fastball um, and the slider, which is going to work primarily against righties. Um, and then he's got the split change, which will be a little more impactful versus lefties. Um, but what's interesting is like lefties didn't hit him particularly well last year. Um, he had a two hundred two batting average allowed against lefties. So it's it's not as though like he really needed a left-handed neutralizer. Um, he needed a little bit of a strikeout pitch. So I, I think that's more impactful with the slot with the slider. Fifty-four percent fly ball percentage last year. Yeah, that's too high. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the park isn't awful for it, um, and you know, he had a nine point five percent home run to fly ball rate, so it, it didn't kill him. But I hear you; it's it's definitely a little too high. So the split change could be interesting there. Listen, I, I think that he is an intriguing pitcher, so I like the idea that he is reworking two of basically the three pitches in his arsenal, um, which makes me intrigued by him because I I think that there's a pretty solid floor. And if we can unlock more strikeouts, um, then he becomes a little bit more of an interesting name. No, I I like Joe Ryan. I like the uh, control and command kind of guy. Um, Doesn't throw particularly hard. Not going to beat you, you know, uh, but guy that can get K's. He was doing that in his minor league career. Did that initially when he first came up in 2021. Um, I forgot he suffered an injury last year, didn't he? I think he got hurt. Um, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. He only threw 147 innings. He was definitely out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to look it up, but I knew that I, he definitely missed some time. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, you know, definitely in this day and age where guys are trying to, you know, get the ball in the air and get the ball, you know, for, you know, extra base hits and things like that. I think, you know, if you're throwing at a 54% fly ball rate, I think it doesn't hurt to kind of rework your, 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 your toolbox here to, to get more things on the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, another guy that you watched pretty regularly last year, um, Jamison Tyon has moved to Chicago and Good he's race. changed his, he's changed his slider to be uh, a sweeper. So obviously right. that that's less downward bite um, and a little bit more horizontal sweep across the plate, which theoretically, I mean, I haven't heard him talk about this, but considering his third pitch is a curveball. 
I would imagine the changing the slider from more of a downward slider to more of a horizontal sweep is meant to create a little more separation between the slider and the curveball. So they're more dynamic and different offerings for him. Do you care? No. <laughs> good, <Okay>. good. <laughs> good for Jamison Tyone. I mean, uh, he's all right. Safe pitcher. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, uh, he's ultimately trying to do is he trying to generate more swing and miss he'd have to i mean yeah by separating can't. yeah by separating the, from the curve uh but he's he's not a strikeout pitcher right. like you know I, I don't i mean what are your expected gains like what are we looking at um strikeout percentage last year what was it let's see super low yeah, um, I he, mean, he had a, a 9.9 swinging strike rate last year 7.6 k's per 9 yeah, I mean, I don't think it's so, going to yeah. ultimately change his profile of who he is, right? Like, he's going to give you the same kind of peripherals. The, I mean, ratios. I mean, he's not going to be any. He's not going to be a different pitcher. So I, I really don't know what to make of, you know, something that maybe comes out of the hand in the same way. Maybe you know, tunnels in the same place. And, you know, kind of gets guys off balance a little bit, but it doesn't ultimately change his profile for me. Yeah, if it looks like it is a strikeout pitch in spring training. I'm more interested because he needs that, but that's all he's got right now. I will yeah. say that like last year, his slider averaged 6.2 inches of horizontal movement. Um, in a tweet from February 19th, uh, Lance Brozdowski mentioned that currently Tyon sweeper ranges from 13 to 22 inches of horizontal movement. And their goal is to get between 14 and 16. So he would be going from six inches of horizontal movement to 16 inches of a horizontal movement. So that's a pretty drastic change on the pitch. He'd also be trying to throw at 83 miles an hour, according to this tweet. He was throwing at 86 last year. So it's a different pitch. But look, I mean, again, this is from February 19th. But if you're yeah. telling me the slider has a is ranging from 13 inches of movement to 22 inches of movement, then that that's also means he's not controlling that pitch. That's that's a lot of inches. Yeah. It means he doesn't really know where it's going. So I'm going to need to see this pitch frequently. Yeah. I just, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't think it does anything, you know, in the way that we see him. Um, I don't think it changes who he is. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not that interested. Uh, you know, it does change. If the other guys can implement the guys that we talked about, like Ryan, uh, Cease, you know, those guys that that really kind of takes them to another level. I don't think this does that for for Tyone. Yeah. The next one we can we can skip, but I will just mention it. So Brady Singer is working on his changeup, but Brady Singer also threw a changeup. Um, yeah. you know, he he got sent down to the minors um and then came back up um and was using a changeup. Um and uh, Jeff Zimmerman in his mining the news piece on Fangraphs pointed out that, you know, Singer threw the change up 14% of the time in May and then never threw it over 9%. So he didn't really trust it, but yeah. he had a 311 ERA in 24 starts from when he came back up and was using the change up uh, more regularly till the end of the year. And I know you were in on Singer during that stretch. So if this, you know, showed a good change up, now spent the offseason working on the changeup, it becomes more consistent. Is he a pitcher you're interested in this year, Brady Singer? Uh, I like Brady. I like the 
whatever that is, that two seam sinker or whatever he's got, you know, that kind of darts back in on, uh, you know, a right hander, you know, mm-hmm. away from a lefty. Um, I thought he did well with that pitch. Um, I don't know about his slide, his slider. Uh, I think that was his, his second pitch, right? He was throwing a slider. Yeah, slider. So I think, you know, anytime you can get, you know, I always like to have young guys have, you know, their fastball, whether it be a sinker, split, whatever it is, and then, you know, breaking ball, whether it be slider or curveball, you know, I always like to have an off speed. I think it's just, it's a wrinkle that, you know, you know, specifically for a right hander, it helps you with a lefty, uh, depending on how you kind of, you know, have it moving. But I can imagine that it's going to operate in the same way that his two-seamer operates, right? That it's going to dive away from a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if that's the kind of change I'm envisioning, I think it, it could help. I, I think certainly change of last year was not great. Uh, you know, X slug of six six seventy nine in September uh, was a pitch that he, like you mentioned he just dropped off using. Um, but yeah, I think you know an off speed pitch kind of you know uh, gives a little bit of a different look for guys uh, when you have those other two. Um, last one, Tyler Malley has also revamped his slider. Um, Chris Langan, who's a driveline instructor, uh, tweeted out some photos or some video of this. Uh, his uh, Twitter account is at Langan, L-A-N-G-I-N, TOTS13. I feel um, like singing bingo right now. B-I-N-G, for some reason. Yeah, Langan, Langan TOTS13. Um, and he said that right now, the so the projected in-game velocity on the slider, because obviously they're throwing it in bullpens, is between 81 and 83. Um, it's looking at uh, fifth, like 15 inches of horizontal break and only um, about uh, – so the slide only about four inches of vertical break or between two and four inches, depending on the photos you're looking at. Um, also, he points out in the Twitter thread that he is um, showing increased progress in the split change. But um, Tyler Malley has been really good against lefties in his career – um, so obviously the, the improvement for the slider is meant to kind of make him improve against righties. So it has nothing to do really with the lefties lefties last year hit 192 against Maui and righties hit 268. Uh, lefties last year slugged 362 against Maui and righties slugged 465, uh, yeah. against Maui. So if the revamp slider does improve, his performance against righties. Um, I think this is actionable. And this is a guy I've always just kind of had a, a soft spot for. Like I, yep. I think that there he's really shown flashes of being a, a talented pitcher and a good swing Absolutely. and miss pitcher. Now he's outside of Cincinnati. Yep. Um, last year was a, a bad year, but like, I don't know, man. I mean, like if, there, there are moments where he just looks unhittable. Yeah. Right. They're like six innings, 13, 14 Ks, whatever it is. Like there are moments he just looks untouchable. And then there are just moments where it just looks like, how is this guy a major league pitcher? I will say also another factor. Apparently, uh, Tyler Malley, um, his wife had a kid about two weeks ago. Oh, the father, the father perspective. It's like, that happens. Well, like, it's like, more like children. I, th- I was more going with the how much is he sleeping? Um, is he is he able to work on his like craft? Is he exhausted? Like, I, I always envision like this like insane trans- 
transformation for athletes when they have children. Like, oh, now I get it. Now I got to put food on the table. I got to go out there and kill it. Doesn't yeah, you should you should uh, draft him. You should draft him for the child narrative. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I need to be proud. I'm interested in in Maui. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, and then the last guy I just wanted to bring up super quickly is Brad Keller. Um, the Royals revamped their pitching development, um, which I think will be will be interesting because, like, with Daniel Lynch and Brady Singer and guys like that, like they've had some interesting talent. Um, and nothing has really come of it. So I'm curious if they're now kind of like modernizing their pitching development. I mean, they um, got to do something. They got to do something. Yeah. Brad Keller is another guy I've like kind of liked who um, just he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't he has some decent raw stuff, but he hasn't done anything that really kind of like took that next step. Um, and he split his breaking balls. So basically that sounds like it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> winning the balls is it's difficult. It's tough. Yeah. Um, so he he uh, is differentiating between the curveball and the slider. So he's turning the slider into more of a sweeper. We talked about that with with Tyone, and then making the curveball more of a vertical offering for lefties. So he's got two different um, two different pitches. Uh, the curveball is a is a big one for him because he's had a pretty effective slider over the years, but obviously he's reworking this slider, but he's pretty much been just like a fastball only pitcher. And right. the fastball doesn't give up a lot of barrels, but it doesn't miss bats. Right. No. Right. So like the slider was a pitch that was missing bats, but it was inconsistent. So, you know, the, but even with that, like if you look at his numbers, weirdly, like he's been serviceable for stretches and he really hasn't had pitches that stand out. I mean, like serviceable you know, was what? I mean, last year he had a five hundred nine. I guess I was thinking the the early yeah the earlier parts of his career. I guess is what I was thinking of. Right, like he came up and he had a three eight three oh eight ERA the first year, and then he had a four nineteen. Um, and then the the shortened season was really good, but it was a shortened season. Right. Um, so I I feel like he flashed when he first came up, and there just wasn't any development. Um, and he's only going to be 27, so there's room for that development. So Brad Keller is just somebody I we don't have to go into a long conversation on. I just think you should keep an eye on him because Put him I on think your that, waiver wire watch list. Yeah, and he's a guy like you should if you you know if you got an MLB.tv subscription and and he's pitching in spring training, like you know watch an inning or two and just kind of see for yourself like what does that look like. Um, yeah. And that's the last piece of advice I'd give before we move to our main topic is you know Sammy and I watch go this back and watch these spring training starts because like you really can't tell until you see the pitch and right. you see you gotta, how it comes out it. of the hand. You see the comfort level with it. Like yeah. we talked and about that two me, years ago. And, and don't tweet me no driveline bullpen videos. I don't give a, um, and, and I will, um, I will keep using, um, or I will keep doing my, uh, rotoballer columns, which is, uh, pitchers with new pitches and should we care. Um, and I've been doing that for two years now, and I'll be breaking these down and doing videos and, and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we're going to move into our final segment, which is our main segment. Last week, Sammy and I talked about the um, a quote from The Process or a mention um, in The Process, the book by Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell, where pitchers who um, reached a $20 valuation on their preseason valuation tended to be the best investments. However... Um, 
Pitchers who have not, this is a quote, pitchers who have not recently reached a $20 value are horrible investments. These pitchers have historically provided only half their projected return. Also, the $10 to $20 range of projected pitchers have been horrible investments. So what the process is basically telling us is pitchers who are projected for $20 or more tend to be good investments and pitchers who are projected for $0 to $10 tend to be good investments. Those, the mid-tier range of starting pitchers that are like $10 to $20 in their valuation, historically speaking, have not returned value. So Sammy and I were like, okay, so if the best way to build a rotation then is to take a couple guys that are $20 projected value and higher, and then a couple of, a few guys that are between zero and $10, and those tend to be the safest way to build a, a rotation in terms of return on investment. Let's do it. Let's, let's try it out. This was a, this was a pretty fun activity. So I gave us, I like, I, I like to give fun activities. It's I like, feel like good, this is it's your good old, homework. This is your old, like English teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. So we gave ourselves $80 to fill seven spots for starters. You so should. if you have a $260 budget and you split it, you know, kind of like 60, 40 hitting, pitching, something like that. And then you primarily are spending on, on starting pitching. Um, it came out to about $80. So I will say as a caveat, I took the ATC projections um, and I looked at what the auction value was for the ATC projections. So these projected salaries that Sammy and I are going to talk about, the numbers come from the current ATC projections. So if you you're like, through, you need to go through the entire list though, to let the folks know what our options were, what we had. We'll go, I'll go through the list at the end. Okay. Um, so just so if you're like, what, how is that guy only $1? Just that's what you take what he's projected at for ATC and you put it in the auction calculator and he is projected as a $1 starting pitcher. Um, so for the purpose of that exercise, this is what we were doing. Um, so we had seven guys. So Sammy, why don't you take us through, uh, take us through the $20 pitchers on your staff first. Who did you choose from the $20 and above? So I took, yeah. So, so basically I wanted two foundations guys right so um but i started to, when i was doing this i realized taking guys that were above 20 the 30 guys like you were screwed there's no way you were building a decent rotation of seven guys with 80 bucks so i went with gaussman at 27 dollars and 60 67 cents i so are we doing the decimal points or no so is gaussman yeah why not just i mean he just yeah round up because you would have to round up in an auction All right, 28 28 bucks for gaussman and then uh, 20 bucks for Musgrove. You know, I felt like, you know, my main goal here was, you know, I know Gaussman is going to give me innings. I know Musgrove is going to give me innings. These guys had great ratios last year. They're, they can generate a lot of swing and miss, get a lot of strikeouts. You know, I thought those two guys to start off at the price point, I thought was better than some of the guys at the $30 level. I thought, you know, I couldn't go wrong with having these two as my foundational pieces. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and we talked about those two guys uh, last yeah. week. So if you need to check that out, um, I'd recommend doing that. I think those are two good foundational pieces. Um, if you were to look at, and I'm going to talk about this as I'm, I'm pulling it up, but what Sammy's strategy basically is going to do, obviously, if you're in an auction, you're, you're, spending that money that Sammy outlined or whatever the money is around that um, to get 
those pitchers. If you were doing this type of strategy in a uh, snake draft and you were just saying, I'm only going to get pitchers who are around that valuation, Kevin Gossman right now in February drafts is going 60th off the board um, and Musgrove is going 82nd off the board. So Sammy basically can load up on hitters for the first like four rounds and then decide in the next three rounds in five, six, seven, two of those pitchers uh, picks are going to be pitchers. Um, And I think that's a pretty good way to go about it. Um, And that's generally speaking how I would go about it. But I went a different route for for my build uh, because there's a pitcher I really wanted to get on there. So my two pitchers who are above uh, $20 are uh, Brandon Woodruff, who has a $30 um, auction value, and Luis Castillo, who has a $25 auction value. So Sammy was uh, $47 between his top two pitchers, and I went uh, $55 in my top two pitchers. So I have to pinch pennies a little bit more later. Um but again, I, I think Musgrove, or sorry, Woodruff and Castillo are two um, elite pitchers on competitive teams who are going to give you 170 plus innings, potentially 200 for um, Luis Castillo, uh, plus strikeout pitchers with good whips, good uh, you know, good whips, good ratios. Um, like, so I think I they're was... just really good, solid starters overall. Um, and Woodruff right now is going 37th. So you'd have to take him in like the third round or the fourth round of a of a 12 team, which might be a little earlier than I would ideally like to take a pitcher. But when I look at when I plug in my projections into Tanner Bell's, you know, SGP um document, Brandon Woodruff comes out as my 20th ranked player overall. Um and so I'm not gonna take him 20th overall, but what I'm saying is like if I'm on the clock and he's 37th, that's a lot of value based on how good I think he's going to be. Um, and again, you can listen to our episode next week. If you want to talk about how I, you know, how Woodruff looked after the nerve issue. Um, and Luis Castillo, I think is just a really great pitcher. That's now in a great ballpark. Well, let me, so, so that's where like, I kind of got hung up because I was looking at Castillo and I just didn't see that much of a break between him and Musgrove for five bucks you know like yeah i said to myself like how much more am i getting for five dollars more like i mean and i was basing this obviously on an auction kind of perspective for sure yeah right and i think it would be the same if i looked at it from i mean what's their adp is what's the difference in adp because five dollars it's about it's it's about 20 picks 25 picks musgrove's going i mean that, that i mean to me that's like a huge deal right like so like yeah I don't see much of a variance between those two to be like, oh, well, I need to spend the extra five bucks or get him 20 picks earlier because I felt like Musgrove was just as good. Um, and, you know, Gaussman, I mean, three bucks, about what, $2 difference, two and a half, whatever it was uh, between him and him and uh, Woodruff. I mean, that I was just going off of basing like, what, like penny pitch, not penny pitching, but saying, why am I spending nope. extra three bucks? But that's a good that's a good way to look at it. So for me, Woodruff is like I just think he's better. I think he's one of the best values going right now. So for me, I'm willing to pay up for him because even where I'm paying up for him, it's below where I where my projections say he should be going. Um, so I just think it's great value there, and we know the elite stuff that he has. Like I have him as my fifth ranked starting pitcher, mm-hmm. um, and coming into last year, 
he was like, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh in most people's rankings. Um, and he's going off the board way later than that. The Luis Castillo thing is a good point. Um, you know, right now in my projections, um, I have him for 10 more innings than Musgrove. Um, I have Musgrove for a 354 ERA and Castillo for a 330 ERA. I have Castillo for 202 strikeouts and Musgrove for 184 strikeouts. I have Castillo for uh, a slightly worse whip. So, you know, uh, That's I, what I'm I, saying. Think that like... they're, I think they're pretty similar in valuation. Like right now, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point that you're making that like realistically, if I'm on the clock, I'm probably waiting two rounds and getting Musgrove. Right. That's one, especially if there's a bat there. Like if Castillo and another, there's a likable bat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's giving people different ways to build it, but I think you're right. I mean, I think ideally, like if I'm grabbing somebody like Woodruff in the third round, then I probably want to wait until the sixth or seventh round to get another starting pitcher. So I can load up on bats and try to avoid like what I think is a pretty weak area for, for hitters in kind of like this five, six, seven round range. And I like the starting pitchers there. Yeah. Um, so you, after your main guys, uh, just tell us who the five guys are that round out your rotation. So between zero and ten dollars. Uh, I went Lance Lynn, uh, Giolito, Logan Gilbert, Charlie Morton, and Lodolo. So uh, prices on those, just so people know, Lance Lynn is uh, Lance Lynn was seven, at seven dollars, right? Seven dollars and forty-two. I mean, seven bucks. Logan Gilbert was $8. Giolito was a dollar. Nick Lodolo was about four and a half. I don't know. I guess uh, five. If you want to uh, upcharge it. Uh, Gilbert was eight. And then uh, Charlie Morton was six. So who were you? Who was your first choice there? Uh, I went with Lance Lynn. I felt like there was a, it was a value play. I think, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, what we're looking at right now is based off of the terrible first half that he had. I think he was coming, he was coming off a knee surgery. His first seven starts were terrible. Uh, but then you kind of really saw him get it going in the second half. Uh, he had the best swing strike rate of his career uh, last year in the second half. Uh, you know, I felt like this guy used to be, you know, a stalwart in a rotation, uh, throw strikes. Uh, I felt like you, you know, he had a 2.52 ERA in the second half, 89 keys and 85 innings, uh, and he had a whip under one. So I mean, I thought that hey, you know, if they're going to discount him based off of a terrible first half, uh, I'll take advantage of that. So I, I feel like it's an upside play there with my with Lance Lynn. Yeah, and we talked about Giolito last week. People should listen to yeah. that. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you're you're like, what one dollar for Giolito? Again, that's what the that's what the ATC valuation is on him, and he's going 146 right now in drafts. Like he's the cost of an Arizona, bro. He's going. He's going super late. A 99 cent Arizona iced tea. Yeah, big that, ones. Arizona's big ones. Teflon, Teflon against inflation. Yeah, uh, listen. There's nothing better than a good old Arizona iced tea. Oh, big right. a big pink and green can. There you go. I think those are like twenty four ounces. Beautiful. Um, Lance Lynn going pick one thirty six. So both 
Lynn and Giolito are going super late and provide some nice value on a White Sox team that should be good. And like you and I joked about this off off recording, but like I really do think like there needed to be a little change in in ownership and management in Chicago. Um, you know, I think the team could be a little bit uh a little bit revitalized. I mean, they do have a good, you know, a good squad. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be good. Uh yes. so I mean you know, I like the bullpen. I like the, the the lineup. The you know ballpark's a little bit of a hitter's park, but you know I think you know Lance Lynn's a veteran that can navigate that kind of thing. Uh, and just what he showed in the second half last year, kind of gives me you know confidence that he can return to form. And he's been talking about you know uh, being in better physical shape this year, kind of understanding him getting older that you know uh, the off season doesn't end for an older player uh, because they have to stay on. Stay, stay in shape. So I think you know the knee injury, the bounce back. I think that there's you know there's an upside play there with uh, seven dollars and, and seven dollars or whatever whatever the hell he is. So why Logan Gilbert? Oh man, honestly, I felt like when I was looking at this list um, and seeing just that midpoint, that one to ten, that you know I wanted someone with some upside. I think that's kind of why why I landed on Lodolo and Gilbert. Um, but I don't know. He had a pretty good, decent. He had a decent year last year. Uh, you know, first first year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he gives a nice baseline for a guy that's coming over coming over age. I think he's also like reworking some of his uh his offerings. No, uh, I think he was working his slider. From what didn't you send me that? That was uh, I know he I know he did that last year. He worked with Jacob Degrom last year to rework the slider. Um, I don't know if he did this year. Um, but we can we can yeah, search that. I, I, I think but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, I you know, think I saw tinkering. something. I think I saw something on Twitter. You know, because yep, drive. Here, here you go. Um, Driveline's uh, taking Alex, over. Yeah. Alex Fast posted uh, that Logan Gilbert went to Driveline for a pitch design session where he started developing a splitter. Right. Um, and they he, showed the splitter was, overlaid with his. Um, yeah. With his. Because fast he was he was giving up he was giving up. Uh, some pretty hard contact last year. Um, but I just think there's going to be progression there. And, you know, I want to get on the ground floor. Of, you know, th- th- this guy was touted as an ace, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was supposed to be, he's their top prop. There's room for, for growth there for him if he can suppress some of that hard contact. Uh, and I felt like, you know, at $7 or $8, bucks, um, you know, I think he's going to make 30 starts. So I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I love that pick. Um, I think there's really good value there. There's upside there. I just wasn't as convinced by your um, Charlie Morton pick. Yeah. You know, again, when I look at this and I look at – I looked at the list, man, and I was just, like, looking at these guys. And, you know, for me, naming the game with the SPs, I'm looking at – you know, I'm looking at Dustin, Dustin May mm-hmm. at 8 bucks, right? And I'm saying, like, how realistic is it that Dustin May is going to throw 150 innings this year? Like, he's thrown, what, 100 innings over the last three seasons? Like, he was just coming off Tommy John last year. He, you know, like, how how, ma- how many innings am I getting? And I just, right. I was, you know me, I'm staying away from Nathan Nivaldi. I do um, know that. You know, I'm not touching him. Uh, I don't know. The second half last year for... You know, Charlie Morton really spoke to me. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, just 
the strikeout rates kind of ticked up in the second half, stayed there. I, I'm just not confident in the other guys that, you know, the McCullers and Sonny Gray's, you know, in terms of health, like if Andrew Heaney, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in those guys staying healthy. Uh, so I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to spend six bucks, you know, and I can get a guy that's going to give me, you know, 150 plus innings, you know, I'm taking it. Yeah. I, I get that. There's a security, there's a security there. Um, I guess like I, I guess this is like that that personal thing of like I think of Charlie Morton as being relatively injury prone because he has had a track record of injuries, but recently that hasn't been the case, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you yeah. know, he's thrown over 165 innings in four straight full seasons. Um, but you know, he's going to be 39. I know what Verlander just did last year at 39, but I obviously don't think we should treat that as like the normal. This ain't um, him, you know. So, but you know. Uh, didn't you have Charlie Morton last year at some point? No, two uh, two years ago. The ERA scares me a little bit. The home run to fly ball rate jumped a little, um, and the home run to fly ball rate jumped a little. But the barrels also jumped a little. the The fly ball rate in general jumped a little. So there are just some things in a in a hitter's park that concern me a little bit. Um, but you know, but pitching. I mean, pitching for a really just good say team, you hate the pick. Just say it. I said I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I said I wasn't sure about it. Uh, a pick I do love is your last pitcher because um, he's also one of the pitchers on my team. So as a segue, why did you choose to spend five dollars on Nick Lodolo? Dude, massive K upside. Massive. If this dude can just stop hitting batters and walking guys, this guy's gonna be an ace, dude. Like legit, like he, his, his stuff pops. Like you can see it. I was looking at Alex Chamberlain's leaderboard or pitching board, whatever it's called. Lodolo slider or sinker. Jesus. And it just caught down on me. Dude, why does this happen in my life? Anyway, it was like one of the highest, like I think his slider or sinker was at like 46% CSW. One of those two was just, if you looked at the guys that I did have, like Musgrove and Gaussman, his stuff, his best pitches were better than those guys by like at least a 10% margin. Yeah. His, I'm looking right now uh, based on swinging strike rate. Um, the, so it's funny. It's it's classified somewhere as a curve because of how uh, the movement profile, but curve, slider, whatever you want to call it, 21% swinging strike rate, 32.6% CSW on it. The sinker had a 10% swing strike rate, uh, but a 32.5% CSW. Pretty He's never, he never had control issues like that in the minors. So uh, to me, it's like a, a nerves and also like, you know, we talked about this, like some of these pitchers come up and they try to nibble a little bit too much in the majors, right? They know that they can't just throw their stuff down the middle of the plate like they do in the minors. Um, so they try to nibble and sometimes they nibble too much. Right. Um, and they don't, they don't challenge enough. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, of Lodolo. Um, uh, I also picked him on my team, uh, right now, like I'm taking Lodolo at an ADP of, uh, 133 over Hunter green at an ADP of 108. So like, if I can, if I can wait two rounds and get Lodolo over green, I'll do that because Hunter green is the flashy fastball. 
Um, I just think Lodolo might be a more complete um, and consistent pitcher when it's all said and done. No, there's definitely there's definitely a huge upside with him for sure. Um, so I rounded out my rotation after going Woodruff and Castillo with Logan Webb for nine dollars, Chris Sale for nine dollars, uh, Lodolo for five, Giolito for one, and then Kyle Wright for one. Um, I'll start with Sale. Uh, I just felt like when I started Woodruff, Castillo, Webb. I felt like there was a security there with those guys that I could take a risk on sale, um, you know, potentially as an injury guy. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen sale really pitch in the major leagues for a couple of years now. Um, you know, he threw 42 innings in 2021 and threw five innings last year. Um, but I just think, I think people are conflating the injuries, right? Last year, he came back and he didn't hurt his arm again. He took a line drive off the wrist and fractured his wrist. Right. So it wasn't like, a, oh, he's still battle, battling arm issues. Um, you know, it, it's a totally different injury. And again, like he only made two starts. So we don't want to read into the small sample size, but he averaged 95 miles an hour with his fastball which he hasn't done since 2018 uh, when he had a third, when he had 13.5 K per nine. So if sale is coming back, throwing high 94s, low 95s, um, you know, at 34 years old with, you know, he hasn't really pitched since he was 30, right? He hasn't, he's thrown, he's thrown 48 innings since 2019. No way. Are you kidding? because he, he didn't pitch at all in 2020 and then he came back in um in 21 and got hurt and That's then he got crazy. hurt again in 2022 so it's like that arm should be fresh he's gonna be the ace oh god that's um, i didn't even realize that only 40 something innings since 2019 yeah. so like i i have him for 133 innings and nine bucks in, for 133 which innings which, which i don't well, see, I have a hundred. I have him down for 133 innings, and the projection calculator points him points that out as as he's worthy of ten dollars and twenty eight cents because of his strikeout upside, his low WHIP. Um, you know, the ERA will be. I have the ERA being uh, like three point four seven. Looking at the broad the broad picture, the total. Yeah. So, so I think that I think that Sale is intriguing to me as an SP four. Would I trust him as an SP3? Maybe, but I would have to be like damn confident in my first two guys. But right now, like he's going pick 150. Um, like that's super late. Like I'm looking at the starters going around him. Like it's Giolito, who we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jesus Lazardo, Chris right. Bass, Chris Bassett, Dustin May, Charlie Morton, um, Jordan Montgomery. Pablo I mean, Lopez. Yeah. Like, I mean, I see what guys you're doing. Fine, it's a, a high-risk, high-reward type play for you. Right. Um, and then I got Logan Webb, who's going off the board one's 116th, uh, but also was was $9 by um, ATC. Um, and I think that Webb is just like a, a solid, steady Eddie floor. dude. I mean, like, yeah. like he's not going to get me a lot of strikeouts, right? No. But I have a rotation that has Woodruff, Luis Castillo, and Sale. So I don't need strikeouts. Yeah. Um, I need it's a good the floor. It's a good floor, and he's going to give you that he's going to give you. Yeah, yeah, it's good and, floor. He's going to give you innings and probably wins. Yeah, 
Um, and we talked about Lodolo and, and Giolito. And then I ended with Kyle Wright. And I, I, I was kind of shocked to see that the projections are so low on him. Um, he's another guy that like very clearly the projections don't believe what he did last year. Um, but uh, he's a new, he was a new pitcher. Like he made definitive changes. He changed a curveball. He changed his approach. He uh, went from throwing 93.7 to 95, right? Like, like there were legitimate growth changes. Is he a 319 ERA pitcher? No, but could he be a 3-5, 3-6 on a really good team? Like, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's legit. He was a very high profile prospect who at 26 years old had a breakout year and we're all like, mm, or the projections are like, nah, I, don't know, I actually don't think so. It's like, well, why not? Like he had the pedigree, he struggled, he changed his approach, it worked. Mm-hmm. Why do we think it's now all of a sudden not going to work? Like, I, I yeah. think that Kyle, I think that Kyle Wright is legit. I think that um, he shouldn't be being written off the way that he is. Um, he's going 128 right now in drafts, which is like around Nick Lodolo um, and Nestor Cortez uh, and Blake Snell. Um, you know, so like, I, I think I, take a, 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 I get it. It's a fair range for him. Um, and I think at the cost, uh, that was just a, a nice way to round out the rotation. No, I got some uh, high upside arms there. Um, and, uh, and right. But I think this was an interesting exercise to me because I think it showed that, like, if you can double tap and get two starting yeah. pitchers that you feel confident in toward the start, and it doesn't have to be the pocket aces strategy. I mean, we love Toby. He's been on the podcast a bunch of times. We're not, you know, throwing throwing shade. Um, but I don't think you need to, like, try to get, like, Burns and Rodone. You know what right. I mean? Like, you don't need to go that high. Don't do but it. Th- there are lots of, like, again, use the process margin of $20 and over um, try to get two of those $20 and over guys. And there's a lot of talent um, that you can wait on and, and get afterwards. Um, yeah. You know, we, some of the talked about the extensively, like these first round, you know, $30 guys don't always, re- don't most of the time don't return value. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Um, I enjoyed that. We'll, uh, we're going to dive into some guests and some. We need to do more. We need to do more of that. We should do, we should do a lineup or something. Okay. We can do it. We can make it work. Uh, we'll do a little bit more of that. And then we'll, we'll maybe, we'll maybe try this again. Once we have some spring training starts under our belt and we see, let's get some some video on these pictures. I want to see these pictures. Want to unwrap these, uh, unwrap these presents. Game start tomorrow. We'll get some video action going. You know, Um, you know what's the best first day of the fantasy season, first day of the season, obviously. And you're just sitting there watching day baseball, wondering who's going to crack your first home run. Oh, that's the best. I think I heard that all that opening day is all teams this year. All what? Which is just marvelous. What'd you say? All teams? Yeah. That's what somebody said. That oh, okay. Day... Yeah. Because they usually offset some teams. Like, so they're doing all major league teams are playing on opening day, as yes. it should be. As it should as be. As it should be. Get to work. Um... <laughs> So thanks for joining us on another edition of the Catcher's Corner. As we mentioned, we'll be back next week with uh, John Legaza. So make sure you turn in for that. Uh, I am Eric Samolski, joined as always by Sammy Ackley. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at SamskyNYC and check out my work over at rotoballer.com. Uh, you can follow Sammy on Twitter at Believe underscore Sammy. Uh, he will follow you back and not communicate with you, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> 
that's exactly that's what I okay. Do. This one, yeah, he can, this one you can keep him around. Um, Sammy, it's time to watch uh, the Qatar Open semifinals tomorrow. Oh, that's right. You're in. Check you're in those, deep. You're in deep with those tennis bets. You're in check deep with those tennis bets. Don't feel too bad about your parlay this morning. You didn't have a shot. That's okay. I mean, it should have. Murray should have won in straight sets. But that's a conversation for another time. We'll check you, you later. Yeah, maybe a tennis <laughs> map. <laughs> I'll the catcher's score. Thank you.